part one chapter three section seven of the possessed by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter three section seven stepan trofimovitch stood a moment reflecting looked at me as though he did not see me took up his hat and stick and walked quietly out of the room i followed him again as before as we went out of the gate noticing that i was accompanying him he said oh yes you may serve as a witness de l'accident vous m'accompagnerez n'est-ce pas stepan trofimovitch surely you're not going there again think what may come of it with a pitiful and distracted smile a smile of shame and utter despair and at the same time of a sort of strange ecstasy he whispered to me standing still for an instant i can't marry to cover another man's sins these words were just what i was expecting at last that fatal sentence that he had kept hidden from me was uttered aloud after a whole week of shuffling and pretence i was positively enraged and you stepan verkovensky with your luminous mind your kind heart can harbour such a dirty such a low idea and could before liputin came he looked at me made no answer and walked on in the same direction i did not want to be left behind i wanted to give varvara petrovna my version i could have forgiven him if he had simply with his womanish faint-heartedness believed liputin but now it was clear that he had thought of it all himself long before and that liputin had only confirmed his suspicions and poured oil on the flames he had not hesitated to suspect the girl from the very first day before he had any kinds of grounds even liputin's words to go upon varvara petrovna's despotic behaviour he had explained to himself as due to her haste to cover up the aristocratic misdoings of her precious nicholas by marrying the girl to an honourable man i longed for him to be punished for it oh dieu qui est si grand et si bon oh who will comfort me he exclaimed halting suddenly again after walking a hundred paces come straight home and i'll make everything clear to you i cried turning him by force towards home it's he stepan trofimovitch it's you you a fresh joyous young voice rang out like music behind us we had seen nothing but a lady on horseback suddenly made her appearance beside us lizaveta nikolaevna with her invariable companion she pulled up her horse come here come here quickly she called to us loudly and merrily it's twelve years since i've seen him and i know him while he do you really not know me stepan trofimovitch clasped the hand held out to him and kissed it reverently he gazed at her as though he were praying and could not utter a word he knows me and is glad mavriki nikolaevitch he's delighted to see me why is it you haven't been to see us all this fortnight auntie tried to persuade me you were ill and must not be disturbed but i know auntie tells lies i kept stamping and swearing at you but i had made up my mind quite made up my mind that you should come to me first that was why i didn't send to you heavens why he hasn't changed a bit he scrutinized him bending down from the saddle he's absurdly unchanged oh yes he has wrinkles a lot of wrinkles round his eyes and on his cheeks some grey hair but his eyes are just the same and have i changed have i changed why don't you say something i remembered at that moment the story that she had been almost ill when she was taken away to petersburg at eleven years old and that she had cried during her illness and asked for stepan trofimovitch 
you i i he faltered now in a voice breaking with joy i was just crying out who will comfort me and i heard your voice i look on it as a miracle et je commence à croire en dieu en dieu qui est là-haut et qui est si grand et si bon you see i know all your lectures by heart mavriki nikolaevitch what faith he used to preach to me then en dieu qui est si grand et si bon and do you remember your story of how columbus discovered america and they all cried out land land my hearse alyona frolovna says i was light-headed at night afterwards and kept crying out land land in my sleep and do you remember how you told me the story of prince hamlet and do you remember how you described to me how the poor emigrants were transported from europe to america and it was all untrue i found out afterwards how they were transited but what beautiful fibs he used to tell me then mavriki nikolaevitch they were better than the truth why do you look at mavriki nikolaevitch like that he is the best and finest man on the face of the globe and you must like him just as you do me he fait tout ce que je veux but dear stepan trofimovitch you must be unhappy again since you cry out in the middle of the street asking who will comfort you unhappy aren't you aren't you now i'm happy aunt is horrid to you she went on without listening she's just the same as ever cross unjust and always our precious aunt and do you remember how you threw yourself into my arms in the garden and i comforted you and cried don't be afraid of mavriki nikolaevitch he has known all about you everything for ever so long you can weep on his shoulder as long as you like and he'll stand there as long as you like lift up your hat take it off altogether for a minute lift up your head stand on tiptoe i want to kiss you on the forehead as i kissed you for the last time when we parted you see that young lady's admiring us out of the window come closer closer heavens how grey he is and bending over in the saddle she kissed him on the forehead come now to your home i know where you live i'll be with you directly in a minute i'll make you the first visit you stubborn man and then i must have you for a whole day at home you can go and make ready for me and she galloped off with her cavalier we returned stepan trofimovitch sat down on the sofa and began to cry du du he exclaimed enfin une minute du bonheur not more than ten minutes afterwards she reappeared according to her promise escorted by her mavriki nikolaevitch vous êtes le bonheur vous arrivez en même temps he got up to meet her here's a nosegay for you i rode just now to madame chevalier's she has flowers all the winter for name days here's mavriki nikolaevitch please make friends i wanted to bring you a cake instead of a nosegay but mavriki nikolaevitch declares that is not in the russian spirit mavriki nikolaevitch was an artillery captain a tall and handsome man of thirty-three irreproachably correct in appearance with an imposing and at first sight almost stern countenance in spite of his wonderful and delicate kindness which no one could fail to perceive almost the first moment of making his acquaintance he was taciturn however seemed very self-possessed and made no efforts to gain friends many of us said later that he was by no means clever but this was not altogether just i won't attempt to describe the beauty of lizaveta nikolaevna the whole town was talking of it though some of our ladies and young girls indignantly differed on the subject there were some among them who already detested her and principally for her pride the drozdovs had scarcely begun to pay calls which mortified them though the real reason for the delay was praskovya ivanovna's invalid state they detested her in the second place because she was a relative of the governor's wife 
and thirdly because she rode out every day on horseback we had never had young ladies who rode on horseback before it was only natural that the appearance of lizaveta nikolaevna on horseback and her neglect to pay calls was bound to offend local society yet every one knew that riding was prescribed her by the doctor's orders and they talked sarcastically of her illness she really was ill what struck me at first sight in her was her abnormal nervous incessant restlessness alas the poor girl was very unhappy and everything was explained later to-day recalling the past i should not say she was such a beauty as she seemed to me then perhaps she was really not pretty at all tall slim but strong and supple she struck one by the irregularities of the lines of her face her eyes were set somewhat like a kalmuk's slanting she was pale and thin in the face with high cheekbones but there was something in the face that conquered and fascinated there was something powerful in the ardent glance of her dark eyes she always made her appearance like a conquering heroine and to spread her conquests she seemed proud and at times even arrogant i don't know whether she succeeded in being kind but i know that she wanted to and made terrible efforts to force herself to be a little kind there were no doubt many fine impulses and the very best elements in her character but everything in her seemed perpetually seeking its balance and unable to find it everything was in chaos in agitation in uneasiness perhaps the demands she made upon herself were too severe and she was never able to find in herself the strength to satisfy them she sat on the sofa and looked round the room why do i always begin to feel sad at such moments explain that mystery you learned person i've been thinking all my life that i should be goodness knows how pleased at seeing you and recalling everything and here i somehow don't feel pleased at all although i do love you ah heavens he has my portrait on the wall give it here i remember it i remember it an exquisite miniature in water-colour of liza at twelve years old had been sent nine years before to stepan trofimovitch from petersburg by the drozdovs he had kept it hanging on his wall ever since was i such a pretty child can that really have been my face she stood up and with the portrait in her hand looked in the looking-glass make haste take it she cried giving back the portrait don't hang it up now afterwards i don't want to look at it she sat down on the sofa again one life is over and another is begun then that one is over a third begins and so on endlessly all the ends are snipped off as it were with scissors see what stale things i'm telling you yet how much truth there is in them she looked at me smiling she had glanced at me several times already but in his excitement stepan trofimovitch forgot that he had promised to introduce me and why have you hung my portrait under those daggers and why have you got so many daggers and sabres he had as a fact hanging on the wall i don't know why two crossed daggers and above them a genuine circassian sabre as she asked this question she looked so directly at me that i wanted to answer but hesitated to speak stepan trofimovitch grasped the position at last and introduced me i know i know she said i'm delighted to meet you mother has heard a great deal about you too let me introduce you to mavriki nikolaevitch too he's a splendid person i had formed a funny notion of you already you're stepan trofimovitch's confidant aren't you i turned rather red ah forgive me please i use quite the wrong word not funny at all but only she was confused and blushed why be ashamed though at your being a splendid person well at time we were going mavriki nikolaevitch 
stepan trofimovitch you must be with us in half an hour mercy what a lot we shall talk now i'm your confidant and about everything everything you understand stepan trofimovitch was alarmed at once oh mavriky nikolaevitch knows everything don't mind him what does he know why what do you mean she cried in astonishment bah why it's true then that they're hiding it i wouldn't believe it and they're hiding dasha too aunt wouldn't let me go in to see dasha to-day she says she's got a headache but but how did you find out my goodness like everyone else that needs no cunning but does everyone else why of course mother it's true heard it first through alyona frolovna my nurse your nastasya ran round to tell her you told nastasya didn't you she says you told her yourself i did once speak stepan trofimovitch faltered crimsoning all over but i only hinted j'étais si nerveux et malade et puis she laughed and your confidant didn't happen to be at hand and nastasya turned up well that was enough and the whole town's full of her cronies come it doesn't matter let them know it's all the better make haste and come to us we dine early oh i forgot she added sitting down again listen what sort of person is shatov shatov he's the brother of darya pavlovna i know he's her brother what a person you are really she interrupted impatiently i want to know what he's like what sort of person he is c'est un pense cru d'ici c'est le milieu et le plus irascible homme du monde i've heard that he's rather queer but that wasn't what i meant i heard that he knows three languages one of them english and can do literary work in that case i've a lot of work for him i want someone to help me and the sooner the better would he take the work or not he's been recommended to me oh most certainly he will et vous ferez un bienfait i'm not doing it as a bienfait i need someone to help me i know shatov pretty well i said and if you will trust me with a message to him i'll go to him this minute tell him to come to me at twelve o'clock tomorrow morning capital thank you mavriky nikolaevitch are you ready they went away i ran at once of course to shatov mon ami said stepan trofimovitch overtaking me on the steps be sure to be at my lodging at ten or eleven o'clock when i come back oh i've acted very wrongly in my conduct to you and to every one chapter three section seven recording by expatriate in bangor maine